Oh my gosh, guys, I'm so excited because I got the Asian sex symbol on. Um, so excited. Uh, his name is Alex Duong. He's a roast battle champion. Okay, finally got a roast battle champion on this stupid podcast. And he's uh, um, also writing a Netflix uh, on a historical roast. And uh, he's also a pho advocate. And uh, he's also appeared on Revolt TV. It's basically freaking everywhere. Welcome to very hot, very sexy, very talented, very hilarious. Alex, how are you doing? Hey, that's a hell of an intro. I really appreciate it. Hopefully I can live up to it and not bore people. But yeah, I'm doing I'm having a good day. It's a it's a good it's a good month. A lot of good stuff happening. So I can't wait for it to come out and hopefully not get cut out of stuff. <laughs> yeah, totally. Dude, like you're like the you're so busy, so I'm so glad I finally like caught you. And like I just noticed like your name in a Zoom chat room is Lord duong holy shit yes yes um, lord duong that is a that, that is a, a a nod to game of thrones so uh, uh, as soon as i got into so deep into game of thrones i'm like i want to be a lord but those don't really exist in america so i'm gonna fuck it and make my own self a lord <laughs> I love that. what does duong mean and where uh, are you duong from? means uh, I'm Vietnamese and Chinese. Duong has like roots in the Chinese culture, and it was uh, shortly brought over to Vietnam. Mm -hmm. I mean, not shortly, but like you know, they they, they cross pollinate. Vietnam used to be a part of China, uh, and from what I gathered, it means scholar. Oh, okay, that's nice. I like it. So, um, okay. Uh, were you okay because your instagram handle you say you're an asian sex symbol and i totally agree so like do you feel like you were oh. born sexy or did you have to cultivate the sexiness i think we're all uh born sexy a bunch of little sexy babies running around i don't know no i feel uh, the whole idea of asian sex symbol is that all my life i've been told like oh asian men aren't sexy asian men, you know and then you get Not into true. an industry yeah. where Asian men aren't considered sexy. We're always sheepish. We're always, you know, playing the nerd. We're always playing the victim or some dumb shit. And that's that's not really the case. So I had to just put it out there. I have to call myself a sex symbol before I become a sex symbol. And it's been uh, a lot of work, a lot, a lot of hair product, a lot of hours at the gym, you know, and I just carrying myself in that way because sexiness is a, it's a state of mind. If you feel sexy, you 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 are sexy. Yeah, your wife is a lucky woman. Seriously, like, and I, oh, thank tell, you. I uh, tell people on my sets because I feel a moral obligation. I was like, Asian men, uh, you guys are providers, okay? You guys like pay us, like you know everything. So you guys are the real real masculine heroes. But anyways, yeah, they, they act like we haven't been fucking. There's like over like yeah. ten billion of <laughs> us. So many. So you're, you're telling me we're not sexy. Go yeah. fuck yourself. Fuck you and uh, fuck Hollywood's portrayal of Asian men. Exactly. And then if we don't fuck you now, uh, our kids will probably fuck your kids eventually. So uh, we're gonna get you some way, yeah, somehow. It, it, it may be next week. It may be three generations <laughs> down the bloodline, but you're gonna fuck an Asian guy. <laughs> Or, or, or the girls or whatever but i i just feel like asian men have it w way tougher we we have it toughest in the business especially in entertainment but thank you for leading the charge i love it okay so let's, i'm trying i'm trying yeah, you know? <laughs> um so okay so what was your first roast battle like uh very nerve-wracking but also at the same time i went in there with uh a lot of guts because i i 
see how the show works immediately. I come from a dance crew background. And when I walked into that room, I'm like, oh, okay, those are the performers. There's the DJ. There's the judges. Uh, there's the wave. I see how everybody interacts. And immediately it made sense to me. So I asked my roommate, hey, we should like totally roast battle. But we didn't even really think about it until afterwards. We were outside of the belly room. Uh, we went downstairs in the parking lot. We're hanging out and Jesse Joyce, uh, who is Comedy Central's top roast writer, came up to us and, you know, we were talking to him about it. He's like, hey, you two are funny looking people. Why don't you two battle? And I was like, see, dude, Jesse Joyce says we need a battle. Then we need a battle. So we went in there. Uh, we wrote. We, we talked shit to each other. We gave each other dirt on each other. And we went up there and did a three-rounder, which was the norm back then. You, everyone used to do three rounds. You know, three rounds out the gate, nine jokes. And it was cool because leading up into the battle, I was living in Pasadena in this little uh, raggedy house. They, had, they do have raggedy houses in Pasadena wow, for people who do not know. Wow. I know. So I was living in this little house, renting like a fucking room. AC broke. The landlord was too cheap to fix it. So I'm like running roast jokes back and forth in the sweat. I'm like It was so hot. You'd sweat in the shower. And I just kept on rehearsing, rehearsing, making sure all my jokes were tight, making sure I didn't stumble. And then come day of the battle, the, the heater, I'm sorry, the air conditioning breaks in the belly room. And it is balls hot. Everybody is sweating. My opponent's sweating. And I'm standing there like Rocky. I'm like, oh, I was, <laughs> I was in the trenches. I'm ready for this shit. Easy. And then from there, I was hooked. I took my first W in my first battle. Yeah, okay. I, I was super hooked. I, I just love saying it because it's, it's the only sport I'm good at, I feel. <laughs> I, I can't throw a tight spiral. I can barely hit a fucking baseball. Uh, I'm all right in foosball. I, I got my foosball game down. But other than that, I can't. Yeah, I, it's the only sport I feel like. I'm good in as well as a lot of comics because we're not in great shape or we just don't have that hand-eye coordination. Because I have no That's idea. What you, I think, yeah, because I feel like you said a lot of sports lingo. I had no idea what you said, but okay. I think you said some sports-related stuff. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, like, do you which joke do you feel do you still remember from your first roast battle? Uh, I think it was, it was it was an off-the-cuff thing because my roommate at the time he was wearing like a wu-tang shirt some dad jeans and like some hiking boots not even tim's hiking boots you know so i, I looked them up and down and then i was like dude you got on a wu-tang shirt dad jeans and hiking boots you look like you're dressed for an amber alert <laughs> because oh, I, and I, yeah an amber alert had been happening that week so it was at the front of my brain and that's what happens if you just live a normal life you come across like all these nice little references that the audience gets. It, it's super fun. That that joke right there stays with me a lot because it was my first like off the cuff joke. Mm -hmm. Love that. So um, how did you get started in comedy? Comedy, I, I'm a writer first and foremost. I've always, I came to town uh, with a feature project deal and I was just writing on that. And then the project tanked like right before pre-production. We, we were super excited about it. And then when we had the meeting, we were like, ah, oh, crap, I don't know what to do, man. I've already dropped out of college. I already, you know, severed ties with all things Dallas. And I'm sitting there just wondering, well, what the heck's going to happen? My executive producer at the time, 
had me go work in in her ad agency. So I was like, okay, cool. We can write here, have fun, write copy, work with PR people. And then I ended up meeting, uh, ended up meeting a couple actors through doing that. And they were like, hey, uh, you're you're funny. I was like, oh yeah, cool. Thank you, man. This is why I write. And they were like, yeah, you should go to like, like acting classes. I was like, oh, what kind of what acting classes do you go to? Mm-hmm. So I followed them to their acting classes. I did that. I ended up getting signed by an agent who was there at the acting class. So I was like, okay, cool. This is fun. And then I started booking commercials, started booking TV work. And wow. still, I was just like, oh, okay, this is kind of cool. Wow. Uh, how, how- but then I got bored. I got bored. So I... I, I was in North Hollywood at the time and I was walking by Haha ha Cafe and I saw like the open mic sign. And I was like, oh, cool. This is, I'm looking aside. I'm seeing people on stage, you know, you know, talking or whatever. I'm like, oh, I did that back in high school where you just uh, MC. I'm like, yeah, this is, uh, hey, uh, how do I MC up there? They're like, you mean like do stand up comedy? I'm like, yeah, that thing. That's, that's, <laughs> what, that's what I want to do. They're like, it'll, it'll be $5. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, all right here, here's five bucks. I get a free bottle of water with my $5. I get five minutes. I went up there and uh, I had an okay set or whatever. I don't even remember. I just know afterwards, some old dude came up to me and he was like, oh, you're really likable. You're really funny. Uh, old dude was probably like a pedophile or something. I still <laughs> looked very young when I first started. But I don't know. I don't know. I just, uh, and I just kept doing it and doing it. And, you know, you get the bug. You get the bug and I have nothing else uh, going on for me really at that time so I was like okay let's just keep doing this to stay sane and I feel like it's been keeping me sane this whole time while I've been in LA if it wasn't for comedy I really would have lost my mind or even worse like quit mm-hmm. I love that oh, so I like the- LA all together yeah yeah so many good nuggets I mean like how uh how long have you been in comedy well uh, I've been in comedy seven and a half eight wow. years That's around a- there yeah Awesome. So yeah, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm, I'm barely starting to get funny. I feel I'm barely starting to be right. consistent and just wow. be able to deliver consistently. Because um, what impressed me most about you was, uh, among many other things, was like you told me that you write a hundred jokes a day. Holy shit, that's some work ethic right there. So yeah, it's a, it's kind of easy when you've been writing for like um, many more years than I've been in comedy. So it's just a muscle. Awesome. Sit there and write. Uh, Previously, when I first started doing roast battle, I would always bang out a hundred because I just I'm I'm an overachiever. So I'm like, all right, let's see. What, I, if I can't write a hundred jokes about this person, then uh, then I'm not good at what I do. Wow, that's so, that. Yeah, n- now it's definitely like decreased. I I can just write like forty five, fifty, uh, sometimes thirty five, forty. Uh, but I'm I'm definitely doing double digits minimum for me person. That's what works for me because I I just feel like. I have a very specific style, so I want to make sure that comes across with people and it doesn't get lost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mad respect, because I think most people sometimes don't even write that much jokes in a month, so, wow. Um, yeah, it, show, it shows, too. It shows yeah. when they get on stage and we're just like, yeah, hey, um, uh, first day at work? All right, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. I don't know if I can... Yeah, I'm not going to do that. Because I've been in comedy for 47 days, so uh, obviously we have a huge, huge chasm. There's things you can do that I could never do. Uh, Okay, so let's... And likewise. Yeah, yeah, because I I like to do my chinky comfort, and it's uh, it's hilarious. Uh, Okay, so um, how, like, 
were your parents thrilled or ecstatic that you quit school and decided to pursue comedy? I think my main out with that, because, you know, of course, there's the cultural things. I should have became, you know, a, a doctor or a lawyer or attorney. I could have been, I could have been anything else. They came over here, uh, risked their lives for me to fucking tell dick jokes. You know, it was kind of <laughs> ridiculous. Uh, but luckily, I'm the youngest child. Okay. So and every- all your, yeah, what, what do your siblings do? Yeah, my brother owns a mechanic shop, sister owns a gas station, other sister, uh, she she co-owns like a nail shop. So they're all fine. They've already hit the mark. So yeah. I was allowed to go dick around and be stupid. Perfect. But you're obviously the most sexy and most famous out of all of them. So Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So are I'm they having- the strongest jawline. <laughs> Okay, yeah, that, that's important, yo. Like that, that is like a sign of good testosterone. It's like it's a, it's a determination. Like you know how Chinese face reading, like it started off from like medicine, but it actually mm. does. Like it, it means if you have a strong jawline, means you have a lot of testosterone, means you're very determined. So that's probably why you can write a hundred jokes. Just oh yeah, and I, yeah, that's it. I love, I love those things. Like I've been looking at I Ching and uh, Chinese face reading, and a, a lot of that. Uh, it's not, it's not the end all be all, but it's a damn good start. You can like read yeah. a lot from a person based on a lot of little things, looking at numbers, you're looking at a uh, person, you're looking at vibes, but yeah, for, for the most part, I look at someone's vibes that like you can feel some of the energy yeah. you know, when you get close to them and you're talking to them and you're like, Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. But also my Southern upbringing uh, kind of makes me miss a couple things. Cause I'm just like, Hey, all people are good. All people are good. And then, you know, I, I get I get fucked over on deals or projects or and usually that ends up with me losing money. So hey, I don't give a fuck. I can just make money again. I just know that the person whoever did those things, you know, I just wouldn't be in my circles anymore. And I will never mm-hmm. help them really. Right. Yeah, that's a good viewpoint. Cause I feel like I just don't trust anybody. I'm like Chinese. Ah, so. there's good people out there. Yeah, yeah. Chinese people are very uh, skeptical yeah, with everybody. Yeah. We fucking hate. It's, it's a cultural thing. I mean, yeah. come on, you guys. You guys had the first Great Wall, like the only wall that works. Exactly. We keep out the Mexicans. Hey, I can make the Mexicans. <laughs> my first first husband was Mexican. I feel like I'm entitled to say that. But okay, anyway. What you you were married? Right. Isn't that crazy? Somebody actually what? married me. Isn't that shocking? Just for a green card. Huh? Just so yeah. Oh, uh, okay. I don't right, know if you should be sense. saying that on the air, but yeah. Okay. What the fuck? Oh, yeah, well, did, fuck. He, um, did, he, did he pay you in pesos or like in the. Uh, That's the yeah. fucked up part. Don't marry for love, kids. Uh, don't do it. It's the worst decision you can make in life. Um, That's hilarious. He like, uh, he swindled you for a green card? Yeah, a Mexican dude married a Chinese woman for an American green card. <laughs> Dude, that's that like, is fucking hilarious damn that's why you want to build the wall because it's like to keep yeah. out the heartbreak <laughs> <laughs> to keep out the latin lovers from the asian girls who uh had uh, abortion trauma uh but anyway yeah i don't yeah. even like i don't even talk to illegals like that. even before i met my wife or before i started really dating my wife i'm like hey are you a citizen and she was like yeah i have my papers and everything i'm like okay good because uh y- y'all some sneaky motherfuckers you illegals are sneaky <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. But hey, do what you gotta do, but not on my not on my dime. So I just had to make sure she wasn't doing it for for the green card either. You're smart. I'm sorry to hear that. I'm sorry to hear that. That's cool. It's That's, comedy uh, gold. It's freaking amazing. Comedy gold. Um, I don't mind. Yeah. Um, okay. So you let's. For, let's... You should sue him for alimony anyway. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> I don't even know where he is. So who, who gives a fuck? Okay.
but anyway, so um, I'm doing comedy. <laughs> I'm doing comedy. Uh, okay, so what are the do's and don'ts of a roast battle? What's like the etiquette? Gosh, uh, there's really no rules except for, um, yeah, no physical contact. Uh, and you got a hug after uh, after your battle. That's pretty much about it. And yeah, don't do... Don't do hack jokes. Don't steal jokes. I mean, it's just pretty much the same thing as stand-up comedy. Just don't steal jokes. Be respectful of the room. Be respectful of the judges. Uh, yeah, and just, just put on a good show. It's about the show. No one's bigger than comedy. No one. And if you try to make it all about yourself in the roast battle room, we're gonna, you're going to get slammed through a fucking wall because we've had several people try to do that. over, And they still do it. They try to make it about themselves and man, you got killers in that room that will just fuck you up mentally. And, but, but it's all in good fun. It's all in good fun. We all mean well, but it's all about the show first and foremost. If you're doing something and uh, you, you always want to make sure you keep that in mind, just to be respectful of the room, respectful of the show. A lot of people have worked really hard to keep the show going for this long. It's one of the longest running you know, live shows in town. Uh, since, since I began, other than that, yeah, everything else is a fucking go. You can go up there, you can do props, you can do whatever the hell you want. It's fucking your funeral, you know. But for the most part, there there are no really rules about it. Okay, can I say this? Because people said I was a little girl who just started doing comedy. This was like forty four days ago, and mm -hmm. they said I should shut shut up and sit down and put up and put in the work and like. I put out more podcasts than they did in two years in one month. So I felt not justified. So I was like, I'm going to challenge you to a roast battle uh, in the comedy store. And uh, they, of course, said no, right? Because the optics are really bad. Because if if they win, it's like expected, right? I mean, what do you so you, You're mm -hmm. going to lose the little girl. You've been doing comedy for two, three years on average, right? But if I win, mm -hmm. uh, they have to move countries, right? But okay, basically, <laughs> basically, I said like, uh, you know, uh, I'm gonna cut off your penis, put in a blender, and feed it to your dog. Is that a good roast or just inappropriate? Ah, uh, no, nah, that's more of a threat of violence than it is a joke. So you gotta have some structure. Or how obese they are, or how ugly they are, like. Yeah, you, know? you roast. You really roast what's there. That's one okay. of the old okay. old rules of uh. Of, it's in Jeff Ross's book. You only roast the ones you love. It's. You roast what's there. What, what do you see in front? And then from there, then you can dissect further. Um, yeah. Oh, another don't of roast battle. Uh, I wouldn't roast to settle any beefs that you might have because roasting comes out of love. It doesn't come out of like hate and malice. Okay. E everyone that hits that stage usually gets along uh, for the most part. You have your exceptions. But for the most part, everyone gets, gets along. We go, you know, break bread together. We have, like, Dodgers games together. We all hang out. We talk shit. And, mm -hmm. you know, we, we really uh, dig at each other. And it's so much fun. It's like we get to spar every time. Every time it's, it's sparring. So there's no, like, real hate in there. So there's, like, male, female, and then female, female. The genders don't matter, right? Uh, it depends. In the early days, we used to have to go a little softer on women because the crowd would be like, oh, my God. But now you got these uh, killers. Mm -hmm. My God, some of the best roast battlers are, you know, women and non-gender specific. Like they're, they're putting in work. So now with them being normalized, we can go harder on them. I love that. Yeah. Awesome.
fun. it's so much fun and and they they deliver it back just equally you know you're getting fucking that room is getting wrecked by a lot of women and people that are non-gender specific mm-hmm. i love that you're so politically correct awesome so okay you talked about gender- no, I'm, I'm woke out in these streets you know what i mean yeah. it's just it's right there i i read a lot so i i try to stay in tune i don't want to be that old guy that's just like oh no there's just men and women and you know that's the only way you know, it should be yeah, i try to respect people mm-hmm. i love that so Okay, so you talk about Jeff Ross's book. I'm going to check that out. But you also have a Netflix special. Can you tell us more about Historical Roast and, like, how can we uh, catch it? Uh, tell us more about that. Yeah, I, I wrote on, this, on the show. I was uh, a staff writer. I got the gig because of Roast Battle. You know, when you work, begets work. So I just continued to, you know, put up good Roast Battles to make sure I, I stayed in the zone, respected the show, got, you know, ended up getting season three of Roast Battle. And then from there, Jeff was like, hey, why don't you come write for Historical Rose? And mm-hmm. I said, absolutely, of course. Uh, dream job writing for Netflix. And that is all over Netflix right now, six episodes. Uh, we are, the log line is we're teaching history a lesson. And it's so much fun. It's so much fun uh, working on that show because I got to know all these icons. You know, I got to know them on a personal level. We're getting to roast them and bust their balls. And even one episode features Anne Frank, which was a fucking incredible one. Very controversial. We had uh, people coming out the woodworks to say, you can do this or you can't do this. We had so many meetings. Like that episode right there uh, was the toughest one to push through. Everything else was fair game, though. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's awesome. If you watch the episode, the Anne Frank episode, you'll see in the background, there's like books and everything, right? There's like these books and there's like the big uh, logo for historical rows. In every other episode, you'll see the books that are on fire and you'll see everything is on fire. But then we felt like it was, you know, speaking of optics, we said that was like bad optics to have Anne Frank up there and then the fire all over the books. So at the last second, we're like, um, I don't know if that's good, guys. I don't know if you would have put, you know, and we're already saying some heinous shit about her. <laughs> Uh, but I don't know if you want to have her sit by the fire. That might be uh, the deal breaker. So we turned off the fire. And that's the only episode we did that for. Oh it was God. amazing. I love it. So, like, what is the process of, like, writing for a Netflix show? Like, can you, like, walk us through that? Like, what is it like? Uh, you just clear your damn day. Just make sure you you got 12 hours and you can... You have a lot of coffee. They took they took really good care of us there. They they made sure we had like all the snacks, all the drinks. Anytime there was a late night writing session, because we sometimes we'd go until like eleven thirty, twelve, mm-hmm. or or even later. And we were like once we got closer to the shoot, we definitely stayed later to fine tune some things. You just I gained like fifteen pounds writing on that show, I mean, uh, just because you're sitting and writing, writing, writing. You're you're running jokes back and forth. You uh, are paired up with another writer and you guys go into the room and you know you, you bang out a script you see what's funny what's not funny uh to you and then you you read it in the room um, with all the other writers in there and the producers and we're hearing the jokes out loud uh, and then from there you uh, make cuts if something doesn't pop in the room uh, then we cut it and boy i had a lot of jokes cut you know you're just like holy shit you're like Oh, man, I thought that was funny. And then as you're reading, people are pitching jokes in the meantime. So you're constantly trying to find that window uh, uh, 
that window you can just throw it throw in those jokes it's a really tricky thing so you just got to keep writing keep writing and if you if you get shut down uh you just got to keep you just got to keep writing because if you don't keep pitching then you kind of like fade off Uh, but but then sometimes you'll find that window again and again and then you can pitch again and again it's just a constant, you know, it's just like doing, like doing mics. You're just throwing shit at the wall, hoping, hoping that something sticks and makes it to the show. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. And then you, uh, you, you get on, you get on set finally, and then you're running the joke there. Some jokes get cut there too at the live reading. If the, if the talent doesn't like it at the last moment, 13th hour, 14th hour happened to me again too, where we had to cut a, a bit that actually had me featured in it as an actor Mm-hmm. that everybody loved all the way up until the 13th hour they were like oh yeah we shouldn't uh-huh. do that racist no actually it, <laughs> it was um one of the talents we had attached to the project oh. i won't say any names but he was asian and he was like i don't know that thing's kind of like okay. uh it's kind of a cheap joke and i'm like dude we got to make things for tv it's not we're not trying to go highfalutin on these right. holes you know it's a, it's a fucking <laughs> fun show but they cut it, and I had to just take it to the fucking chin. Shit. Thank God I got a strong jawline, you know? So I was like, all right, all right. We're going to keep it moving. I I had to do it. But then, yeah, overall, we were we were really happy how it turned out. Mm-hmm. And they treated us well. And, hey, it's my first, um, my first Netflix credit. So let's fucking go. Yeah, fuck yeah. That's amazing. So um, what is it like working with Jeff and Brian Moses? <laughs> they They are... There's a reason why the show keeps going. There's a reason why everyone uh, loves uh, loves all the shows and why the roasts keep going because they they know what the fuck they're doing, but they are smart enough to not just to be like uh, you know have an ego about it. Mm-hmm. They're they're super nice people. They give everyone a chance, and that's something you don't get in Hollywood. You know that's not something you get in Hollywood at all where people say yes more than they say no. But that's only if you're good, right? If, if you're fucking, if you bring something to the potluck, they will give you a seat. Mm, yeah, they're, they're very helpful. They, I remember one time I went up to New York Comedy Festival. I was doing some gigs on the East Coast and Roast Battle had made its way to New York Comedy Festival for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just, I just took a blue bus up there from my last gig in DC, went up there. And right when I walked up to you know, the theater, you know, one of the people on the team were just there and they were like, hey, come on in. Here's your, here's your wristband. Here's everything. Oh, what's up, Alex? Hey, how's it going? Oh, hey, the green room's this way. And I was like, oh, man, I just came just to, like, sit in the audience. I didn't care. I just wanted to see the show. And they were like, no, 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 you're, you're going to get on stage. You're going to be a part of, you know, the crowd on stage. You're going to have fun. You're a roast battle family. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I found my people. Yeah. Uh, and then they just took care of us. And afterwards, Jeff barely knew me, but he paid for my burger because they invited uh-huh. me to, the, to grab food afterwards. And he was like, oh, guys, get whatever you want. I got this. And we're nice. like, oh, my gosh. this!" And that's why I'm so loyal to Jeff. That's awesome. Because he's, he's giving me a chance. I love that. Thanks for sharing. And, Mo- and Moses. Yeah. It's, I'm telling you, there's so much love in that room. If you, if you, if you come correct, man, you, you'll eat. I love that. So thank you for sharing. I feel like this is great. This is why I love you on this because you kind of share with us that, you know, we can't sneak peek into Jeff's book and just kind of like behind the scenes. So thank you for that. So, um, yeah. So like you're an Asian guy, 
so do you ever feel like being Asian is like an advantage or disadvantage or kind of neutral in comedy? It's a, it's a double-edged sword. It really is because, you know, there's all this talk about diversity, but uh, people forget that when they talk about diversity, a lot of white women show up too, mm-hmm. which uh, I have a bone to pick with. I'm like, yo, you're, why are you, I get it. Uh, we're talking about, you know, people that haven't had the opportunity to do their thing. So uh, I, I do see it as, as a good thing. Mm-hmm. Sure. But for like, historically, it's been a bad thing. There's still a lot of bookers out here that don't fuck with Asian dudes. You know, Asian women, if they're, if they're, if they're funny, if you got like a tight three to five, then trust me, you'll, you'll, you'll get up and you'll work. And mm-hmm. I, I will, I will stand by that statement. I know it's a little, little rough around the edges, but but it's good. Yeah, uh, it's, it's a good, th- it's a good thing. We need more women in, in comedy, especially funny ones. You know, if you're funny, you're gonna get up because uh, the ratio of men to women in comedy is like, you know, there's a wide, there's a big divide uh, there. But Asian men are still, we're still fighting every day, especially in comedy. The clubs aren't really booking Asian people that are, you know, at, at my level. And I got fucking credits. Mm. And it, it humbled me when I'm just like, yo, oh, yeah, I've done this and that. And they're like, okay, cool. We'll get back to you. I'm like, excuse me. And then I'll see their lineup. I'm like, the fuck is this? I'm like, really? <laughs> like, I can bury some of these motherfuckers. I can perform circles around some of the people they book. But mm-hmm. I, I, stay, I stay cool. This is just how I feel. I'm just like, all right, uh, just got to keep getting funnier. Got to keep getting funnier. That's all it is. And, you know, I, I, I do like it, though, like, especially with Asian people starting, starting to show up more and more. I know I'll be fine. I just got to be patient. Right. You know, Ronnie Chang's coming out with his special. Yeah, He's an Asian today. Dude. Today. Yep, yep. Yep. It's, it's yep. fucking fire. I was there for the taping. I got wow. a chance to work with him while he was honing his hour. Mm-hmm. And that dude makes me so proud to be an Asian man. And that's a, that's a very new feeling for me. Very new feeling. Yeah, me you know, too. You, you, get shot on by, you get shot on by this industry day in and day out. And especially in comedy, too. They're like, oh, yeah, you got that. You're an Asian guy. Oh, yada, yada, yada. I'm like, fuck you. I, I got it because I'm, I'm actually interesting and you're fucking boring. Yeah. Fuck that. Thank you for vocalizing what I was thinking. Thank you. Okay, so. Yeah, you, you, you get, you'll, you'll get people. Trust me. Not everybody's going to fuck with you. Not everybody's going to fuck with me. Not everybody's going to fuck with anybody. But you can be 10 times funnier than a person or another comic. But, you know, hey, that they. they bookers will be bookers and a great majority of the gatekeepers in comedy are white so they see white white shows about a comedy club i get it but the ones that get it the ones that understand how comedy continues to evolve will give people of color a chance i love that Mm -hmm. yeah thank you for your honesty in this because i was yeah i was like thinking about these but i was like am i crazy oh uh let me ask no you're Okay, no, not. trust me. It's it's a real it's a real thing that me and as far, and as well as all the other Asian comics we talk about because bookers are like they feel like only one Asian person There's at a, a time, yeah. <laughs> but they'll have like ten white dudes and ten right. white chicks, and you're just like, oh, okay, this is <laughs> yeah, and one black comic. You're like, really, really, we're just gonna keep on this uh this uh, white train? Okay, all right, but I hey, will- yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because patience. Will... patience. Yeah, you're right. I will shout out uh, Flappers because uh, the lady MC gave me a chance. Uh, but actually, we we went through everyone, but she kind of gave me more of a chance. So shout out, shout out to Flappers. Um, okay, yeah, they're a good club. They give you they give comics stage time, especially new comics. Definitely, they're, they're 
it's it's a good place to cut your teeth. Mm-hmm. I love that. So, like, what are your favorite types of insults? Insults, um, funny ones, you know. Okay. Funny you. ones that are that are not hack. I I love high level jokes. I also love the dumbest shit or the like silly ass jokes. You know, you're like, what? Really? Like, because. <laughs> my my style is a mixture of both like stuff that people don't get but it works you're just like oh you figured out how to make people laugh by taking this hard left turn at the very end but favorite type of insults that they have to be sincere they have to be you know rooted in something mm-hmm. yeah i i love a good asian joke as well mm-hmm. uh, definitely i say yeah just just a, a damn good joke uh and that's there there's no real way to like just uh like like for example new york does like these these crazy fucking bars new york roast writers have their own style where they go like they're three-tier jokes that all wrap in one and it's like a beginning middle and end and that punchline at the end usually means your goddamn funeral you know you're just like oh shit what the fuck and then you got eight more in the chamber coming at you you're like holy shit you know i you gave me an idea maybe i will make my funeral roast battle like i i'm I'm gonna think about this a little bit put it in my will but that's that sounds like a good funeral to me okay so you're okay let's let's switch gears revolt tv so you're working on a lot of cool projects can you tell us what revolt tv is and like what are you working on now uh, Revolt TV, Revolt TV had me on uh, season two of Funny AF. Uh, Revolt TV is Diddy's media company. Oh. And yeah, it was just such an honor to to work with his company because uh, I'm a big fan of the Breakfast Club. I'm a I'm a big fan of like Diddy and all things he's involved in. He's like this mogul, just behind the scenes, gets to jump out in videos every now and then, does this thing. Uh, but the fact that he started a media company and helped, you know, give people a chance, all these upcoming artists, when I was in, I did their season two, I'm in the green room and it's just, uh, just comics that, that I came up with, you know, we're all in the same mics. We're all at the same shows. We're all doing the same shitty road gigs for like 20 bucks and a goddamn drink ticket. And we're there in front of like a full studio audience and cameras and lights and, uh, the fact that we're going to be on TV uh, is amazing to us. We're like, what? Dang, all right, all right. And everyone there was super kind. And I mean kind in that work because I'm just like, okay, man, you know, just been treated like shit so much. So when they make you feel pretty, they're, they're bringing you food. Mm-hmm. They're just like, uh, oh, okay, what else can we get you? Do you need anything else? Does your writer say anything? I'm like, goddamn. God damn, this is going to help me float for another uh, another six months. I could bomb for the next year. And I'm like, oh, yeah, but uh, I got that revolt thing and I got these little cool things. Y- 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 y'all can't fucking phase me. Uh, and, and that'll be out in March. Uh, Funny like- AF season two. Uh, if you don't have Revolt TV, get it. It's on it's on your premium cable listings, et cetera, et cetera. I sound, I sound like a commercial now. I love it. This is, you're supposed to promote on here. So like, <laughs> promote the shit out of everything. Cause I feel like oh, I we're getting an inside sneak peek into it. Cause I'm going to release it pretty soon. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So let's talk funny. Who do you think is funny besides yourself and me? If it's even humanly possible, who's the third person? Uh, funny. Like on, there's different levels of it. 
Well, what do you mean? I, I'm curious. Who's your about favorite that. comedian? Yeah, who's your favorite comedian? Maybe that's easy. At the time, like right now, damn, I would say Patrice O'Neill's a monster. Yeah, yeah, I love Patrice him. O'Neill is balls to the wall. Oh, of, yeah, the OG. Sorry, I just said mm-hmm. yeah. For sure, for sure. Like Elephant in the Room is probably one of the best comedy specials, you know, and I don't think it will be tops. It's hard to say just because it was a, out during a different time. And uh, Chappelle, of course, mm-hmm. you know, Ch- Chappelle just relentless. Mm-hmm. Like, I like comedians that aren't afraid to, you know, aren't afraid to like dance around issues. Like, fucking just talk about it. Yeah. Just fucking just talk about it. Just let's put everything on the table. Right. Like if we keep with all these pleasantries, guess what? You're you're gonna end up like Cosby. <laughs> all these all these safe comics are, you know, low key shitty people. So when you have people out there like with all this virtue signaling talking about how good of a person they are and, you know, showing up to every march, I'm like, the fuck do you do during your daytime? Like you're probably at the women's march to like harass women. Pick up girls, yeah, exactly. Fuck that. Fuck your stupid white knights. Fuck them. I just say I'm an evil <laughs> bitch. I say I'm an evil bitch, uh, and I don't give a fuck. And I'm a cyber bully. I don't give a fuck. Okay. Anyways. Okay. So you talked a little bit about bombing. So what is your attitude towards bombing and rejection in general? Oh, uh, it's part of the game. Mm-hmm. It's part of the game. You will. You just gotta take your L's. If you get to collect a, an L, if you get a re- reject your, if you if you're getting rejections and L's consistently, then you're doing something right. I will say that. I love that. So, um, how do you like? I guess how should I say this? What are your favorite things to talk about? Uh, stuff that's important to me. I like to talk about, you know, of course, definitely my marriage uh, makes its way in there. My identity as an Asian man and just like normalizing a lot of stuff. It's just like, hey, this is, yeah, kind of weird, but it's funny because the more specific you get, the more relatable it becomes to a wider audience. Because if you're just like, you know, painting with broad strokes, then everyone's going to be, what? Uh, I guess. Yeah, that's the thing. But man, you get down to the nitty gritty. You're like, yeah, we've all definitely tried to get a girl to do anal. Yo, yeah, we've all definitely uh stolen stuff oh we've all done bad shit you know we we're not fucking perfect so i I like to examine that about and just like questioning a lot of like big movements i like to question that whether it be the women's movement or like the push for diversity i'll question that shit Uh, i'll I'll even question anything i i could do whatever i want as long as i'm funny Mm -hmm. i love that so um what advice would you have for like new comedians just starting out? Maybe especially the Asian ones. Um, you're going to hear no a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're you going to. And comedy if you hear no. What's that? Should you, should you cry uh, and then quit comedy if you hear no? No, I just got better than them. Okay, nice. A lot of yeah, these people I- that you would hear on the, a lot of these people that would tell you no on the come up, they're typically like, you know, kings of the open mic scene and they're not making money they're ma- they're just booking a shit ton of people and making their little bar deal not taking care of comics so yeah you're gonna get shit on a lot mm-hmm. you're gonna get called hack a lot uh, while they do their uber jokes you're going to 
get a fucking hybrid because you're going to drive a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, learn how to meal prep. Shit, I got three wraps in my car right now as we speak. That's hilarious. Because I feel yeah, like, it, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Go, no, go ahead. Because the more I've been in comedy, the fatter I've gotten. And it's like, I thought. How did you, how did you get fatter doing comedy? Because I was going to open mics all the time. I hit like 30 mics over the last 40 days. So I'm just like not even like taking care of myself. I'm just like going to mics all the time. Um, anyway. Are you just going there for the food? or like? Yeah, exactly. I'm like, <laughs> I want $2 tacos and uh, shitty drinks. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, okay. So no, just uh, make sure you have like snacks. Make sure you pack all your shit because when you get irritable, that's when you and comedy is already a fucking weird place. So when you're when you're there and you don't have like decent food and decent drinks and you're putting like shit in your body, it's not fuel. You and you probably still have two more mics to hit after that. So if yeah. you go there with a hungry stomach, guess what? You're probably you're probably gonna miss that tag. Your your head's gonna be all fucked. Your you're gonna be your timing's gonna be off. Uh, so yeah, you just gotta have have your little feel. That 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 saved me multiple times where I'm just like, oh yeah, I got that fucking like the that trail mix in my car. Let me slam that. I got a bottle of water. You just gotta prep for this shit because you don't know where you're gonna end up at the end of the night. Mm-hmm. That's so true. Your home, like, holy shit, Alex, you just saved my life. I'm gonna call you my comedy big brother. Okay. Ah, oh, so. I appreciate that. Yeah, definitely. Just be prepared. Uh, prepared for all the shit. Be prepared for the shade and first and foremost man be fucking funny you should be able to go anywhere in the country and at least have a a decent set i don't care north south east west if you ain't uh, going out to all these other mics and traveling far and testing out your jokes uh, then it's gonna show it's gonna show yeah thanks for that so okay so before i share with other people how to stalk you uh, how to book you and all sorts of crazy shit to you to harass you online. Uh, any ad- any other advice you didn't get a chance to talk about that you would like to share with our stupid listeners? Uh, just be be kind. <laughs> be funny. Be kind. I know that sounds fucking hokey, but I think the the yeah. biggest thing is uh, we're a different generation of comics. We don't need to go uh, uh, burying each other like in our personal lives. Like, yeah, bury me on stage, motherfucker. Then we'll talk. But if you're right. burying me, like, off stage, like, wh- go get a fucking life. Yeah. You got a lot of that. Like, so people, you know, should be worried about each other. I'm genuinely interested in the well-being of my fellow comics that I care about. Everyone else can go fuck themselves. But for the most part, I want to make sure the people around me are good. The people I came up with are good. They, they're always doing... Uh, all right, they are. They're always doing better than they did yesterday, and I just I don't want to lose any more comics to you know mental health issues. Just that simple thing, because we are doing something that is so fucking insane and so impossible. Like we, oh, you get oh, you're gonna pay me for these jokes? Like shit. And then you go, and then you have to deal with all this uh, drama. That's why I stay out of uh, any comedy drama. Mm. I I'm like, man, I don't, I don't give a fuck. Just give me my stage time. Mm-hmm. Let me do my thing. Give me my fucking shekels at the end of my set and my little drink voucher. <laughs> and I'm going to get out of here because right. this is one gig, you know. And, oh, yeah, that, that that's probably a good note to leave off on. Uh, no one gig is your last gig. But also, <laughs> like, you're just about as good as your last mm-hmm. set. So if you bomb, go find another fucking uh, stage to fucking redeem yourself. All right, just keep keep with that pattern rinse and repeat and you'll 
Yeah, that's how I started getting booked on bigger and bigger shows. Mm-hmm. Started featuring, doing weekends, headlining indie shows here and there. Because uh, mm-hmm. you just, just got to rinse and repeat. Mm-hmm. Wow, I love that. So, holy shit, Alex, you helped me out so much. Not only are Aww. you sex symbol eye candy, you help you seriously, you <laughs> help me out so much. I, I took some notes, especially the food prep stuff. Guys, um, Alex is amazing. Follow him. Uh, how can we follow you? What's your Insta, your website, and all that, all that good stuff? Uh, I'm on all the social medias at Dapper Duong, D-A-P-P-E-R-D-U-O-N-G. Uh, hit me up. You know, I'm, I'm mostly just uh, doing shows and what, whatever I got, but I'm definitely going to hit you back, hit you with a follow back if you're doing something interesting. If you haven't posted in about two months, why should I follow you back? But uh, I'm, I'm on it. I'm on it, and then I'm going to stay on it. Let's let's keep doing it. Hell yeah. So thank you so much, Alex. It's been great. One of my favorite comedic interviews ever. I uh, hope to Aww. have you on future episodes to come. Yeah, let's get to work. Yeah.